This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to a spooky edition for Halloween of Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. I am biased, but I think she's great. She's a dancer, a historic house manager, a fan of trees, and my partner in life in podcasting. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. It's me. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I like how you always uh, say that you're happy to be here, which is nice because it's our home. Uh, mm-hmm. and you say it in such a fun and friendly way, which is extra fun for a Halloween episode. I can, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you started spooky and then you sounded like you were going to burst into song as a ghost. Pretty much. <laughs> which is about fair for your level of obsession with Halloween, right? Fair. Well, I, I do want to actually ask you about Halloween because I've asked all my other guests uh, this month when I've done, uh, Halloween episodes. Uh, how do you feel about Halloween in general these days, mm. is it a holiday that you enjoy? I know that you um, you are very kind to helping me celebrate it because I really like the spooky month time. But how do you feel? I, you know, here's how I'm feeling about it this year. Because that's what I can talk about this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. I've not always been the biggest fan of Halloween. I'm not anti-Halloween, but it's not like, ooh, yes, get out the cobwebs, get out the skeletons, <laughs> get out the spiders. Um, but I don't know. There's something this year that I'm feeling like, honestly, here's what it is. I have been seeing cobwebs and spiders and cobwebs since late August in my path out in the world. I've talked a lot on this podcast that I work in a garden and normally we don't get spiders and cobwebs, but even in in uh, August, I had like two days in a row where spiders like, hi, Sarah, I'm going to build a cobweb over your door. And so I just, I feel like I'm extra ready for it. It's like the spiders are like, okay, you're going to like Halloween this year. Okay. We're going to get you in the spirit nice and early. So the spiders have been out since August at mm-hmm. your place of employment saying, ooh, it's time for Halloween. <laughs> Apparently. We'll go with that. <laughs> the spiders are very excited for Halloween. Well, I'm very excited. I, I like it from lots of different perspectives that we've talked about uh, on episodes of the podcast this month. So let's just right into our obsession. This is uh, This episode is dropping on Halloween itself. And I was trying to rethink of a movie to watch for us to talk about, mm-hmm. to see how obsessed we are. Uh, and this one was one I scrolled past uh, on one of our streaming services and thought, wow, that is a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. It's the 20th anniversary of the movie. And it's a movie that I think I used to have it in my head that people really thought a lot of this movie. And then I saw recently on social media that... A lot of people don't think a lot about this movie, so I thought it would be fascinating to discuss. We're going to talk about The Blair Witch Project. (laughs) That's the exact theme song. It's not (laughs) the theme song. Um, So uh, we're going to get into seeing it in the past and uh, seeing it in the present, but I think it's fair to say that probably neither you or I are super obsessed with this movie, right? I think that's very fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to be declarative, not... <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it was not a... Yeah. I think it's fair to say that I am obsessed with the history of this movie, some mm-hmm. of the themes and ideas and its place in culture, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that I'm obsessed with the movie itself, Yeah. which will make our How Obsessed Are You questions even more interesting. <laughs> but let's get into this. So um, what was your experience of seeing it 
20 years ago when it first came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. So I saw it in the theater with a group of people that I didn't know super well, but we were working on a film project together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's really like the experience of seeing it, um, you as my partner in, in life know, I don't always remember a lot of details of like, ooh, I went and saw this movie with these people, or this is what was going on in my life, or this is going on in, in the world. But this is one that was burned into my brain because it, I never went to another movie with this particular group of like, you know, 10 people or whatever, but we went to see it, went to see it, went to saw it. We saw the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's late and I'm tired. Um, And we, we went to, (laughs) we went to go see the movie. (laughs) You can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) We'll see. And. Um, just seeing it in that context, uh, I did not work on a lot of films, so that also was a unique experience for me in my life and that I was working on that. We went to see this. It's about people making a documentary film. And, uh, so all of that just burned into my brain. Also, uh, this sounds so crazy now, but the other thing that I really remember about this movie is that it had a website. That it had its own website and that that is what a lot of the marketing was about. And we will get into that separately, but I want to talk about uh, the rest of this experience. Okay. So backing up just a second, Mm -hmm. should probably also clarify that you are only a fan of certain kind of horror movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you don't like, I'm not super big on gore or body horror. Yeah. But there's a specific kind of gore or uh, body horror that you're not into or like slasher movies in general. I would go so far as to say I am not usually a fan of horror movies. Okay. Um, it it has been fun. We have watched, I've watched them over my life. We've watched more in the last few years, and I've found ones that I like that I was like, oh, I didn't think I'd like these. Um, but in general, it's not a genre that I seek out. Yeah. I think I, do, I don't particularly like to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So like um, when people talk about horror movies, a lot of times what people will say is like, it's important that people are scared. And I love being in the dark and with people screaming. And mm-hmm. you're like, no, I do not enjoy that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is part of why it's like, I'm not. That side of Halloween is not the side of Halloween that I like, which I know starting by saying like, there are spiders, so I'm getting in the Halloween spirit is maybe what would make a lot of people scream. Uh, <laughs> they don't make me scream. I just step out of their way if I can. But horror movies, I, I'm just not a big fan of being frightened. Yeah. Uh, and I think horror movies vacillate a lot. And we're going to talk about this as well mm-hmm. in terms of what their focus is. And I really love uh, any sort of horror movie that cares about its characters yes. so like sometimes like for certain like i talked with hal uh lublin about this with like um some kind of like really classic 80s slashers like they want you to dislike the characters because they're they're kind of they're there to be hunted mm-hmm. uh you know but i would say like a franchise like scream wants you to care about the characters um yeah so for me that's a that's a big thing it's like is it a horror movie that wants you to invest in the characters then I then I like being scared, mm. uh, which is a big differentiation for me. That's a good way of putting it because I I do really like the Scream movies. Um, I do really like some of the early um, monster movies that maybe would be considered like the Dracula. And like I do like a lot of. I don't mean to be like blanket. I don't like horror films. Yeah, but it's not especially. It's like ooh gory, ooh psychological thriller, and like 
got enough to scare me in life. Got, my brain can scare me as many times as it wants. I don't necessarily need help with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think that's a lot of times where it has come from. Cool. Cool. So now let's go back to the Blair Witch yeah. experience. We'll Absolutely. talk about the whole website thing. But yes. So when you went to see it mm-hmm. with a film crew that was yeah. making an indie movie, first, what kind of indie project was it that this group of people was working on? It was um, about a person. It was uh, fictional. It was not a documentary. I, this is, <laughs> can you tell I don't work in film? <laughs> so it was a non-fictional. It was a piece of fiction. Yes. Uh, what was the general theme? Was it a horror movie? Uh, no, it was about a, a boy who had um, mental illness who was released from treatment earlier than he should have been and kind of how he adjusted to life. <laughs> okay. But uh, all right, fair enough. And what did, what kind of character did you play? Um, Are I w- you I trying was... to remember or don't want to say? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying to find the right words to describe it. I I was a very a very straight character in terms of like if the people around me were doing a lot of the action. Okay, and I was kind of like in the center, but not necessarily like. Uh, okay, I so you were not, like I do not have a good way of describing it. So you were like a calm protagonist taking in all of the action around you and reacting I, I and was responding the, to it. Yes, but I was not the protagonist. Okay. So you were a calm person noticing odd things. Um <laughs> Sure. That, that's it's so not I I'm not giving it a good explanation. Okay. At all. Is there and a noun? Did your character have a job? Uh that I worked on it with. Did your character have a job? Is yes, there but like I don't a remember noun? what it was. Okay. All right. So you could have been like a calm firefighter. That's a possibility. I, I was not a firefighter. I think okay. I worked in an office. Okay. <laughs> All right. You played the role of calm office worker yeah. in this film. We'll we'll make that up for now. There anyway, uh, I was curious if there was anything that connected thematically or big. No. So no. when when the decision was made to go to this, was there was it in this group of people who are working on a film as well, mm-hmm. an indie film, was it like an ironic thing of like, hey, we're all working on an indie film together. Let's go see this indie film about people making an indie film. Yeah, I mean, I th- it came out while we were working on it. And so yeah. I think it just felt like the natural thing to do. Okay. So you were aware of your own horror movie, not being careful about what horror movies you saw, right? So did you just go as out of a sense of camaraderie or was there any trepidation? Oh, no, I was intrigued by it. I okay. wanted to see it. Okay. I, and it, it had come up like in conversation on breaks. We would be talking about it and talking about other movies, you know, and and I think, you know, there were a lot of movies that I did go to unless they were very specifically gory. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was all in for going. Okay, cool. So what did you think of the actual film? What was your reaction at the time when you were playing the role of calm <laughs> office worker? <laughs> well, I watched it as myself, Sarah, not as the well, role whose name I don't remember. You didn't put it through the filter <laughs> of not. calm office worker. I did not. I think okay. I was done by that point. Um, I um, I was really taken in by it. I remember just really um, being right there with the story even though I knew it was a movie, kind of buying into the like, but was this a documentary that they found later? Like, is that what, like, I know these people are alive, but what, like, kind of being taken in by the story of it. 
So you successfully put yourself kind of in their shoes, imagining like, what would that be like to say, hey, we're making a documentary film and then it turning to horror? Yeah, I mean, not even like the the those specific um, in their shoes, but in like I remember being very scared by the um, like the doll like creatures that they found tied oh, the up. Stick all figures, the stick figures, yeah. uh, to me were very scary and just it was very effective. Okay, so I was uh, the movie worked well and scared me. Okay, cool, but in a good way, not in a like I'm mad I went to this movie way. In a I went to this movie and I enjoyed being scared. And my takeaway at the time was like, ooh. I really enjoyed that film. Okay. Did you, uh, we'll talk about a little, little bit about that. So yeah, for me, yeah. I, I remember, you know, the year of 99 being kind of, there's a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of uh, fun things, a lot of good things, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, kind of friendships that I still have now were really blooming in 1999. So that's a part of, you know, why I remember it. And then 99 was like such a huge year for like important movies. And I, I don't think I was like aware of like, oh, history will look back at 1999 as this big uh, year of of movies. But I was aware at the time, of course, of like the Phantom Menace is a huge deal to me. Mm-hmm. The Matrix being like when I saw the commercials, I was like, eh, eh, it looks like another sci fi movie. And then going to it and being like, holy Mike, this this is huge. This is so different. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, seeing Iron Giant when it, you know, did not get advertised well but a bunch of friends whispered you gotta see iron giant and then the same kind of group of friends going like oh my god you gotta see six cents before people ruin it and like so 99 for me was already like a year of really like going to the movies a lot and kind of having a community of people to like discuss it with mm-hmm. so that's part of like the energy that i went to uh blair witch project with yeah this idea of like Oh wow, this is another movie that is really different and changes the game and you got to go see it before you hear too much about it. So that really shaped how I saw it is like is this another thing in this whole year of kind of movies that might change movies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember just as a fan of monsters and horror and sci-fi being really affected by the idea of let's this horror movie where the characters don't see the the monster at all. Mm-hmm. We don't see the monster at all. And the human characters are not even remotely close to figuring the monster out. Mm-hmm. Like figuring out what it wants, what they did to piss it off, what are the rules, how can they fight it. Like you think about like uh, a monster movie going back to like, Dracula, in, in you know the original Bram, not Bram Stoker, the original uh, Bela Lugosi, right? Mm-hmm. Where you've got Van Helsing, where like there's lots of creepy things going on, but then you have Van Helsing coming in with his PowerPoint, going, "Here's what he doesn't like at the window. Here's what he can't do. Here's what he can do. Here's how we're gonna stop him." And a lot of uh, my experience with horror and with monsters were somebody knows the rules, yeah, and it might take the main characters a while to find the rules. And I was really deeply affected by how scary it was to have like something that seemed closer to the real life experience of you. Yeah, there's no Van Helsing coming out of the woods for these very realistic kids from the 90s, Mm -hmm. you know, to tell them like, yep, this is 
exactly the kind of dust you need to sprinkle in the Blair Witch's eyes, and then she will freeze, and then you can show her her reflection, and then she'll sh- like <laughs> none of that, not even mm. a hint of that. And I think that was the most powerful thing for me uh, when I saw it in '99. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what you started to talk about the advertising campaign. So why don't you share a little bit of your experience and feelings about that here? It, and you know, this is what I remember from 20 years ago. Yeah. And I have not thought about it since then until <laughs> now. So I'm sure it's full of lots of holes and misremembering. Well, but... I Googled it. So I know the Wikipedia <laughs> so truth. So I'll fill in if there's, I'm very happy that you'll have our truth or Wikipedia <laughs> truth. What I remember is being, um, Affected by the fact, like, oh, is this the future of movies? Will each movie have its own website? What an interesting <laughs> concept! Like, it today it sounds so crazy, but it it did feel like oh, there's this. Um, it was not a whisper campaign, but that idea of like oh, go to this website, oh, go see this movie before people see it. It it just felt very different from how other movies prior to that were being marketed, and I. If other movies did have their own websites, I feel like it was one of the first really successful ones that had its own website as as opposed to being attached to um, like a studio's website. And I might be totally wrong about that, but it was the one that made an impression on me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to filter through what I actually remembered mm-hmm. and uh, what Wikipedia claims the truth to be. But I, I think, yeah, there were, you know, definitely like StarWars.com. You could look up stuff about Phantom Menace. I'm sure The Matrix had a website. But the Blair Witch one really did for a was up for a long time and promoted that it was real mm-hmm. and said it had the you know pictures of these missing people mm-hmm. and really did try to uh, communicate put out there in the general public the doubt of whether or not this was real footage or not or the question of whether this was real footage or not. So I think. If I remember correctly, I think I was told by like savvy people who paid attention, uh, you know, and and read, you know, the right blogs of like, here's the deal. They're totally promoting it like it's real. It's not. But still, isn't that cool? You can buy into the and there's people out there like people will be sitting next to us in the theater going, I think Heather, Josh and Mike are, are you know, young people who, who actually died. Because mm-hmm. I've been seeing the missing posters, and that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. And it was still, I think, early enough in internet days that people were, you know, able to kind of buy into what we would call now <laughs> fake news, yeah. misinformation. You know, yeah. And I, it's that's so interesting because I had forgotten that that the website really promoted the story. So, like, the website was really the information on the website was really part of the marketing campaign yeah. and the advertising approach as opposed to being the PR site for the movie. Yeah. 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 So do you did you think it was real at any point? I know you talked about having that feeling, but did you have any moment that you remember where you were like, is this real? Yes. Absolutely. I think I also at the same time was like, I know this isn't real, but is this real? Like, am I being, you know, dishonoring these people? Like, is there some, like, there is some part of me that felt like it was rude of me to not question if it was real. Uh, okay. <laughs> that makes uh, sense on many levels, uh, knowing uh, that you are a, a kind and thoughtful person. Uh, we recently rewatched it. And I want to talk about that. But I'm thinking through now the, the whole idea of seeing it in 99 with it floating around in the culture of whether it's real or not. Mm-hmm. The way the movie is constructed, you can make an argument for 
oh yeah, oh, they're being pranked. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Because you don't see who actually pranked or, you know, stalked by actual human people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely things like the, the way they perceive the sound to be coming from all around them. You're like, okay, well, it's elaborate, but like, so do you, did you feel back in the day that that was effective or did you feel like you, by the time you watched the movie did you feel like oh yeah yeah, yeah no there's a witch oh when i watched it in 1999 yeah i don't remember <laughs> well then let's time uh, tra- time travel into the future and talk about our experience watching it uh just the other day here in yeah. 2019 <laughs> sorry <laughs> we'll talk about the overall picture but i but i want to talk about this question when you watched it was your inter- interpretation of the film doubt about whether there was a witch or was it like yo yeah there's a witch Ooh, um i think i mean there's a move oh that's a good question and i don't have a good easy way to answer my feelings about it i feel like answer your feelings <laughs> uh i felt like that is a thing that the film did well is it did convey that there was something else in the woods okay and that it was not leading. If if I were if I were a little meter, yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I would be a hundred percent to like yes, there's something in the woods. But I also wouldn't. But I would be more than fifty percent. Something's going on in these woods. Not rather than like yeah, the townies just don't like them and they're messing <laughs> with them. Right, because by the time they're leaving, you know, body parts and teeth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That that's that's a really nasty prank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and if you buy into the whole story of the movie that they don't find these people and they find the video camera a year later, right? that's a really nasty prank. That's no longer a prank. That's murder. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something in those woods. I mean, the something in the woods might be uh, somebody who is out to hurt people. Like it might be a person. I'm not saying that I think it easily could be somebody who's uh, out to hurt people. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, it, it's a witch, but I don't feel like it was a prank. Yeah. Okay. If you're buying into the movie, the whole thing of the movie. Yeah. I it, And I, I definitely do buy into, like, when I watch the movie, I like the story that it is very, very real world people mm-hmm. using real world technology who encounter something old and arcane and, and that functions on a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. That there is something truly supernatural mm-hmm. in in those in those woods yeah did uh, you feel that way when you watched it in 1999 because we didn't yeah. give you a chance to answer that question yeah yeah i just hadn't really given a lot of thought it, until we were talking about how much it's structured to like uh, you know i made a list of the scary things and there's like they're, they're all like eh, you, you could explain that away and there wouldn't be anything supernatural mm-hmm. you know but that was always my feeling and and i don't know if that's Entirely of the intent, or if it is just like that's the way I want to read. If, if anything is ever presented to me in fiction, mm-hmm. where there can be something actually supernatural and something out of our scope of understanding, I'm always like, yeah, I want to play around with that idea. So I always yeah. gravitate towards. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's certainly um, effective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so what struck you the most rewatching it in 2019, having only foggy memories of seeing it in 1999? Um, that I forgot how much they fought and yelled at each other. <laughs> you don't have to be uh shy. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, tell me more about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it is what I was most struck by because um, 
we were talking about this a little bit without microphones in front of our faces. Sorry. But um, just how at that point, the concept of reality TV, at least that we were aware of, was a little bit newer. You know, there was the the house show, which I'm not the real world, real world. But I feel watching it now, it felt like, oh, yeah, we're totally watching like a they're trying to like a fake documentary, a reality TV version of a documentary of shooting a horror film. Yeah. Which is not something I remotely had uh, the vocabulary for at that time. Right. And so now it feels much more dated, honestly, and of its time, but not necessarily all in good ways. Yeah. Whereas at the time it felt new and fresh and different. Right. And I think in 99... When you were having that really fun, like, oh, this is so uh, uh, fresh, this, this, you know, there'd been other found footage films, but this is the Mm -hmm. one that broke it open and made it a craze. Um, And you're feeling that tension of this is not following the rules of movies that I know, or especially horror movies. So I feel a little at sea and you can kind of get panicky as they get lost and you can really get sucked in. But from a modern perspective, where you're like, oh, yeah, I, re- I kind of remember how this movie ends. And I certainly remember there's that scene where she holds the camera and it's that exact shot. And, oh, the stick figure's got to come in here pretty soon, right? That it, it, it really does feel like there are parts of the movie in the middle where like, oh, wow, yeah. I mean, normally if this was an episode of, you know, uh, the Housewives of... <laughs> Birkenville, whatever town, it would be edited. This is a lot of fighting along the way to these other signposts that we culturally know are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So mostly just you were you were responded to the amount of uh, them yelling at one another. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I did. I was distracted by that, and you know, I, I'm happy to buy into the because it was 1999. They didn't have phones. They only had one map. Uh, I try not to be the the person yelling at the people in the movie, but I was also a little bit like, did you seriously not just look at the size and shape of the wilderness that you were going into <laughs> before you went there to know, is it long and skinny, so you should go east or west? Is it, you know, a pancake, so you should go north and south? Like, what what is the shape of this place so you know which direction to walk? And uh, I, that, that part of my brain was shouting really loud. Yes, you are a a practical person you are a person who prepares you have made us earthquake kits here in los angeles mm-hmm. um and you also have a good sense of direction mm-hmm. and you some i kind of laughed very early on when uh heather said no i i know i know where i'm going i know where i'm going because it it sounded like you <laughs> and it was early in the movie when heather did it was just in creating a little bit of that tension in where Heather was like eh, kind of improvising a little bit, but she did get them where they were going to the, the cemeteries. They described it the first time mm-hmm. they saw all the different piles of, of rocks. Um, yeah. In that it did uh, honestly not in tone, but it did remind me a little bit of you. Cause sometimes you're like, I know how to get there, uh, but I, I'm going to improvise a little bit al- along the way. And you always end up getting us to where we're actually going. Mm-hmm. So it did make me think of you and how much, if I were lost in the woods, I definitely would want to be lost in the woods with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just for the quality time, but also because you do have a good sense of direction, a, a mixture of the practical and I think you are intuitive about directions. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And that part of it did not bug me at all because 
totally like people would walk in one person doesn't read maps another person is pretty sure they know where they're going but they're not really going to look at the map and of course walking up this hill is going to be a shortcut whether it is or not like all of that I totally bought into um losing the map not knowing which way to go even the like you know oh I saw the map and I'm still following it but like honestly all of that I bought into it was once it was like days two and three of their trying to follow the compass and here's the caveat I, I will give them <laughs> is uh and I and I do really try very hard not to be like, the, like why wouldn't you do this but that uh, it's one, part that of the one, joy for of horror movies for some people of wanting to yell at the screen is part of the joy some horror movies are constructed that way absolutely. to leave you room to yell get in the house you idiot um good point so they were doing their job well <laughs> uh but when they got down to just having the compass and they're like, okay, well, walk south. Like, they're like, which way should we walk? And sure, you're lost. You don't know where you are. Choose a direction. Walk that direction. But then when they're like, ah, south isn't working. Let's choose another direction. That's when they can, <laughs> like, you don't need to know anything. Just look at the shape. Is it a circle? So it doesn't be, so you can say like, oh, this place is huge. It's like four days across. But also if you walked there in one day, how are you walking for three days and not getting out? But then it buys into the whole kind of thing that they get to at the end of like, oh, did we walk all day and end up where we started? Is there something supernatural here that we can't leave the forest? Yeah. So I feel like it did a really good job of getting to that. Uh, I just wanted somebody to say, this map, this park is shaped like a dragonfly. Why can't we make it out through the wing or whatever the shape is? Like, it's a maple leaf. Yeah. And there was no attempt to like, it seemed like somebody would climb a tree and look. Yeah, I think the you part of it, that great suggestion. Yeah, yeah, and maybe you wouldn't see anything, but when the characters are desperate, yeah, mm-hmm. I I totally don't like being one of those people either who are like, well, why didn't they do any of these three logical things? They, because <laughs> they were lost in the woods and they were terrified and they were starving and they were frightened out of their minds. Yeah, so maybe they didn't make the best rational choices. But I think it is interesting that the film leaves them doing those actions for long enough that it's hard not for your mind to go there. Mm-hmm. So I did want to ask you, uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead because you brought it up. Okay. Do you interpret it as they are lost or do you interpret it as they are ensnared by another force? They're ensnared somehow by the Blair Witch. And once they have disturbed that space, they're not leaving. I interpreted it as they, if the if I interpreted it as when they got their shots that they wanted, they're like, okay, let's pack up, let's leave. If they had left the right way, that there would have been a path out for them at that point. Okay. I feel like once they walked past the stick figures, Mm -hmm. then they were ensnared. That was it. Yeah. There's the scene where they accidentally knock over one of the uh, sets of rocks. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that was the doom moment? I don't remember exactly when that happens in the... uh, in the order but i think that absolutely would fit that that is the doom moment okay so that would be then like then 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 they're done Mm -hmm. then they're never getting out yeah 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 then they're just it doesn't matter yeah yeah interesting what would your tactic be so let's say that uh, we were in haunted woods Mm -hmm. i in my clumsiness had accidentally disturbed something that i should not Mm -hmm. so there is the possibility of doom Mm -hmm. and you knew that it was pancake shaped (laughs) the woods we were in (laughs) What would your tactics be? What would you do? Uh, ooh, good question. I'd hope that I had been smart like them, which I probably wouldn't have been. But if I had brought a compass, I would try to see if the compass would work. Okay. And, you know, like follow if it's a pancake that I'm interpreting that as like it's like 
east, west, long, north, south, shorter. So then I would want to head either north or south, depending on where we're at. I would hope that I had certainly packed my whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. Okay. Good thing you lost the whistle, you know, to blow the whistle because they are near town. Yeah. Um, And I would hope, as they said, like once it's the end of the day that they should have gotten back that morning, people are going to start noticing that they're missing. Mm-hmm. unless they're in a time loop. So I would, Ooh. you know, be blowing my whistle, hoping that people are also starting to look for us, and then they'll hear the whistle, and that would be great. <laughs> um, I would hope that I would also follow your suggestion and maybe climb a tree to see if there's any sense of direction or any sense of like, oh, danger is that way. We're going to go the other way. Yeah, yeah. We see the the creepy broken down building. Yeah. Then we go the other end of the pancake, right? Yeah. Or you see like this part of the forest is dead. Oh, right. Go the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Or this part of the forest has been all cut and reshaped into a giant stick figure that you can only see from the top. Uh Yeah. Things like that. (laughs) Uh, So uh, my reaction seeing this again, Uh I I know I saw it right away when it came out on video. Um, I know I've probably seen it at least one other time in the 20 years in between, Mm -hmm. but it's been a long time. Certain images have stuck with me. I have made jokes about stand in the corner like Blair Witch mm-hmm. again and again. Uh, various references have like are seared in my mind. Yeah. And they're, they're a part of pop culture. But it was a real revisiting for me. Mm-hmm. And I was really affected by... Not, you, you were reacting to the reality television style of the shooting. Mm-hmm. But since it, it began with so many interviews... And to establish the three uh, main characters, Heather, Josh, and Mike, mm-hmm. it had like little kind of interview. Hey, let's have fun. It struck, it It reminded me of The Office. I felt like I was going to see Michael Scott because <laughs> it got to be such a style of nowhere near shaky cam and obviously not for the purpose of horror, but it got to be for a while there a really popular way of, of comedy, of mm-hmm. doing comedy. So that was the weirdest thing of just like, this is scary. The office, like I expect Jim to do a take to the camera, like yeah, yeah. So that was that was a weird thing about this movie being exactly of its time. Mm-hmm. Another thing is uh, when I saw it in 1999, it was uh, from my perspective as a you know artsy uh, young white person. Uh, these three people were just like people. Mm-hmm. Watching it now is like. You are from the 90s. <laughs> like, because I know it came out in 99. It's yeah. set in 94, right? Is when they, oh, okay. it says right at the beginning in 1994, they went into the, oh, right. the woods. But, it, and now it, it almost looks like it, it's a period piece. Like, they're mm-hmm. wearing flannel, they're smoking, and like, they were just, that's that, they were like me. <laughs> you know, it's just, so I think that had an extra power because it was just like, hey, people like me. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm older. They look very of the 90s. The, the kind of the way they're talking, their mm-hmm. jeans, their cl- everything, their technology, you know, that it's it feels like such a period piece. Yeah. Which just changes the mood in interesting ways. Um, the thing that I still liked, I, I also was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of arguing before they're going to get to uh, Mike in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um I still did really like and feel like the contrast between youthful hubris, mm-hmm. like they're not openly, we don't believe this exists, but like the way 
when they get to Coffin Rock and Heather records her, uh, the first part of the documentary where she's talking about how the men died there, the five men, it has this real, like, I'm I'm telling you a spooky thing. Mm-hmm. So there's this great contrast for me between the youthful hubris and then suddenly being confronted by something that you don't understand and have no tools to understand. And if they are just sort of ensnared and can't get out, nothing you can do. That yeah. contrast still is really powerful to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really like that. Um, did you find the characters relatable or likable? On this uh, viewing? Not on this viewing. <laughs> uh, so uh, expound on that a little bit, if you if you are willing. Um, so I I found um, Heather, Mike, and Josh. Josh. I found Josh to be the most sympathetic character. Okay. Um, Mike's on like I didn't have that many problems with Mike. He was being himself, and that is not. Uh, not necessarily a relatable character to me, but a relatable character. Like, yep, I've known a lot of people like this. You know, they get into something, then they're like, I don't want to do this. And like, okay, we're doing this. Let's do this. That's fine. I um, I was really frustrated by Heather's bullheadedness and yelling at everybody and insistence on filming everything when I was like, but we're going to die and you're just going to film it. Did you, I guess, did you find her realistic? Did you, do you feel like oh. you have encountered people like her? I mean, yeah, I feel like all of them were heightened versions of people, but yeah, but realistic height. I mean, realistic heightened versions. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, young auteur, the young driven auteur, mm-hmm. uh, I certainly relate to. I'm, I have been like that, uh, in, in, in life. Certainly, Mike of like, hey, I don't. He didn't. He doesn't seem like he's as close of friends as the other two. Mm-hmm. And is like, you told me it was this quick one day thing, mm-hmm. and I was happy to help with that. Yeah, but I have no stake in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No investment. That was like one of the most relatable moments mm-hmm. to me of that feeling of like, I agreed to do one thing, and now it's this whole other thing. Is that yeah. feeling like if anybody's ever been like? asked to help their friend move and you get to their home and they aren't even remotely packed and they're very emotional like this is an entirely different thing Mm -hmm. i was i thought i was going to help you with the couch yeah it was going to be a half an hour and i was out and now i'm in it now i'm in yeah here for a week (laughs) yeah um i was i was really fascinated by that because i i did i found them realistic Mm -hmm. i found them relatable in in some ways not super likable because it doesn't go out of the way to let you know too much about them. They're just kind of one-off lines here or there. Mm-hmm. You get kind of humanizing things about, you know, when they're trying to keep themselves uh, alert and hopeful, talking about the kind of food they'd like to eat. So, like, yeah. very relatable in general human terms, but we don't get to really as get a deep sense of who they are. And I was so fascinated thinking about whether or not the film wants them to be likable. Yeah, I was. Or actually, wants you to root for the witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I didn't think about that the first time at all, but I was also thinking about that this time. And I do want to clarify: I found them very relatable. I've probably been all of them. I have known all of them, <laughs> but that does not mean I found them likable. Yeah. So that was what I was. Yeah. Do you think it would? How do you think the film would be different if you saw their flaws? but then saw other things that just made you really like them. Do you think the movie would be 
kind of too horrible to bear if it was happening, if this horror was happening to people you really, really liked? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of it is that's how you can watch this, but also keep a distance from it is you're not, I mean, I'm not rooting for anything to happen to any of them. (laughs) They weren't horrible people. They just weren't people I would be like, oh yeah, I want to go camping with you guys this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that was what it was like, would I want to be the fourth person on this trip? If the trip went well. Yeah. Uh, And not really. Okay, see, that's a great metric to say, if this was not a horror movie, Mm -hmm. but you just knew the characters in a horror movie, would you want to be with them? And you're like, no, that's a big choice. I, I'm 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 all you know feeling guilty about it right now. But. I know you are. You you uh, I feel like this is some sort of congressional hearing, and uh, and you are not happy with your answers. You know, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I know, but. I know. All right, we'll we'll move on. We, let's talk about the scariness. Yeah. Of the movie, um, I wrote down all the things that happen. Are you okay. ready for a quick list? Yeah. They hear in a circle around them, uh, mm-hmm. twig snapping. Uh, the rock sculptures uh, are left outside their tent. Uh, the next night, they hear children laughing or crying, again, in a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come across the uh, big uh, space full of all the different scary stick figures. Uh, the tent is shaken from outside. Uh, their equipment is slimed, or rather, uh, uh, Josh's in particular <laughs> gets mm-hmm. his equipment slimed. Uh, then the next night, uh, uh, somewhere in here, some of their equipment gets thrown around. Uh, Josh's screams are heard. And then uh, really up in the ante, there's the little satchel uh, with uh, some of his flannel and uh, body parts. And then, of course, they get to the house and there's lots of scary things in there. So out of all of that, what was scary to you? (laughs) Um, All of it. (laughs) I think, honestly, I mean, I mentioned the stick figures before. I think things like the rocks appearing overnight, the little rock piles, that's just really unsettling like yeah. that's that kind of bone deep chill that i prefer to avoid <laughs> <laughs> but that's really effective like to me that worked really well i actually do remember that affecting me um when i watched it the first time um and again when we watched it this time i was like "Ooh, yeah that's the care that's some of the scary stuff and, and honestly like the children laughing oh yeah because they you know they do the whole documentary thing so you hear the story you know what happened to all those kids yeah um and you know twig stamping hopefully if you're out in the woods camping you can do the like oh it's probably raccoon or whatever but hearing raccoons voices. in a circle not scary at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> a little scary. right but hearing voices but hearing voices um both the kids and then also their friend who has gone missing um and then everything in the house is uh, i'm never walking in that house well you don't need to worry about it because i read a sad thing on wikipedia oh yeah is that after the movie came out and it was you know very popular made a lot of money uh so many people kept coming to it that they just tore it down Oh, wow. So it was a real house. It was a real house. Yeah. That in the was... area that they were filming. Yeah. And was it already a dilapidated house yeah. that they just added to? Yeah. Wow. I don't think it, I don't think they scouted like, oh, it's, it's got bloody handprints. We're ready to go. There we go. I think they added those. We found our but location. besides that. Yeah. Besides that. Um, yeah. The rocks thing, that's really interesting to me that you focus on that because, um, you are a student of history. Mm-hmm. You like woods and trees. <laughs> um, the the rocks, I think, have this sense of 
someone is trying to communicate something to us. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. Is it like, hey, I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm you're dead. Or is it I'm telling you that you disturbed this and this is why you're dead? Uh-huh. Is it just I, we want you to be frightened? And, and I think it's not it's not so over the top. It's things that we encounter in real in in real like life in yeah. real culture of finding various old societies that have different symbols and mm-hmm. you know that that we don't exactly know how to interpret. We can guess, yeah, but we don't know exactly what it means. True, true. I guess uh, I think I was affected. Because rocks stacked like that are often a, a cairn, you know, that a body is buried under. So is it like, okay, are there, uh, you know, are there, is there a rock pile for each person? Is this like finding a grave out and like a freshly dug grave yeah. outside your tent? That, that That's a valid argument that it's maybe not that confusing of a message. <laughs> well, but you make a good point because there are also rock um, stackings, for yeah. lack of the correct word, that do have different meanings. Um, but... And it seemed like there was kind of like a a white film, like an ashy film on it. Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure if that was just how it was shot or if that was intended to be conveyed. And there's something about that of, you know, kind of a fire. and Oh, yeah, yeah. And the ashes from the fire. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, remains. Yeah. How did you feel about Equipment Slimed? Because that really mm. stuck with me because I still feel like the movie is successful on being scary, even if. Uh, it is a lot of uh, people yelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the equipment slime was really like, was that is that from Ghostbusters? Was that the the green ooze from you know old Nickelodeon shows? Like uh, the slimed was weird to me because it didn't. It felt more like paranormal, where a lot of the other things like stick figures, cairns mm-hmm. feel ancient and have some meaning. Yeah. Whereas slime is just like gross. <laughs> yeah, the slime was is was weird to me, is weird to me, especially because it isn't like they're finding a track of slime near the other things, but it seemed to just be the equipment. Yeah. Um because to me it really tied back there was the one story about the the witch, but the witch actually had almost fur legs. So it was like, okay, is this uh, a creature? Oh yeah. And does the creature when the creature travels have slime or is that <laughs> some way that they interact with the world but then that it's such a specific thing that only happens once yeah it does just kind of stand out as weird and why it's very funny to picture from the outside if you imagine an actual uh, entity Mm -hmm. placing these creepy rocks and surrounding them with sound and then like oh josh's equipment right (laughs) slime uh so um do you think there's something inherently scary about filming everything because i think that's another thing that was Hmm. different then it this whole thing is set up as it's a documentary that's the excuse for having this filmed and then even within that we're we're showing that heather was obsessive about filming everything now filming events in life is kind of every day Mm -hmm. like if you do something in public there's a good chance you're Somewhere, somehow, someone's filming you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think there is something inherently scary about um, being filmed? Scary about being filmed? No, not really. I thought it was an interesting point that I don't remember noting before, but that I noted last when we watched it uh, this most recent time, 
is the thought the comment that one of the others made to Heather like you're you're not actually participating as like kind of putting a filter on everything Ooh. which to me that really um caught my attention yeah because it was really interesting like okay you're not you're not experiencing the world that you're actually physically interacting it you're experiencing it through a lens yeah and i do think that there is it's a thing to be aware of if people are always filming of like okay that's great but also let's experience the world yeah um that's but i have nothing wrong with filming i don't think we're all gonna you know be haunted every night because we're filming things yeah i guess uh another way to, to say it um is would it unnerve you to be filmed for a long time because it feels like that's a part oh. of the story is that since heather doesn't kind of want to stop yeah that that's part of what's putting the other characters on edge Mm. Is that they are not used to being on, yeah, in a way that I think we're, in the general sense, a little bit more culturally, uh, comfortable with now. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of people whose whole life is streaming on Twitch or yeah. making YouTube videos, and there are a lot of people growing up who are like, yeah, I watch people film the mundane details of their life all the time and be on for hours at a time. Yeah. Whereas in 99, it was like this weird thing that like Heather won't stop filming them even on, in the mundane moments. Do I feel like I would, how I would feel it unnerve you to be filmed that long for me? Probably. Uh, I am not a person whose life is on being filmed and broadcast <laughs> 24 hours a day that yeah. I'm aware of. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I have no secrets to confess. But um, but but that's just me because that isn't something that I've had to experience and go through. And I feel like I'd be like, want to be like, okay, like, but what? Where is this going out? What platform is it going to be on? Yeah. How long is it going to be there? Like, are people going to be like? Now we have more context for it, like you say. Yeah. But I think I still have. You know, I, I'm maybe old enough that I still have my like. I want my time when the cameras are off. Yeah, that's a really great scene that you pointed out. Uh, and I think that where he's saying like you're not freaking out as much because you are not allowing yourself to, to truly look at it. You're looking at, at it through a lens and it's giving you this buffer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think she responds something along the lines of like, I, I need that. Um, yeah. So do you feel like this movie either intentionally or accidentally is a uh, comment from the past about our, our current <laughs> times, about our future? Because. I mean, that is a common thing, and I feel it, too, like when I go to see a concert and I really want to get a photo, but then I realize, oh, well, I'm taking that photo. I am disengaging from just the experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like you can read most things as a comment now, <laughs> um, but I don't feel like that's – I don't feel like it's necessary because um, – sorry, I had, a, I had a clear answer, and then I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. It's the Blair Witch. It is. The Blair Witch is here, stealing half of my thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I feel like stepping out of something to just take a picture, like, yeah, that's how part of how we experience life. But um, but it, let me ask it this way and yeah. see if the, the Blair Witch returns your thought. <laughs> Sorry. No, I understand. It's late. Um, if we went to... There are a couple like nice gardens that you and I go to in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and they're very peaceful and calming. If I had my phone up and was engaging with you and talking with you, but was just filming and was watching the entire experience through my phone, mm -hmm. would you feel like I was having the same experience as you? No. Okay. Um, 
it doesn't mean it's a, a wrong, wrong experience. Um, to me, as the other person there with you, it would feel like, okay, we're not really having a shared experience here. Right. I'm having my experience and you're having your experience. But that's not necessarily, don't do that. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting to me because I just think it it is an interesting question of by the act of filming, mm-hmm. are we, the person filming, are they creating a barrier? Mm-hmm. And are you asking people to be in a different state of existence when they're being filmed? You know, I mean, are you asking people to be, so many reality shows are supposed to be like, no, we're just catching people in YouTube and that many, many things are just people like, no, I'm just being. Yeah. But I think particularly if you didn't grow up with that you yeah. feel like yeah but i uh, but i am still being on yeah. i am in still a different state of being because you were filming me yeah and i th- i think that that is very, absolutely i think that is true um because you know like even if you're walking down the sidewalk and you see that somebody is you know like facetiming somebody else but you're going to walk into the picture if you see that happening, you're probably going to be aware of it and thinking about like, oh, you know, I'm going to make sure I don't, you know, this isn't when I trip and fall or, you yeah. know, I, I don't know what a good example is. But like, <laughs> like, I feel like when you see like, oh, I'm not even the focus, I might be a periphery in somebody else's recording. That's not even recording, but somebody else's video. Yeah. That it does make you aware of what you're doing yeah so i i think it does give you a a, you're you are acting differently and i think in an environment like the one in the blair rich project then you are interacting with each other differently yeah which is where so much of the anger comes from it is that and being lost in the woods yeah Um, i'm that witch so heather gets accused of being obsessive this podcast Mm -hmm. is called obsessed uh if you were asked to go to some to a place in the woods that yeah. was allegedly haunted, mm-hmm. and uh, is there anything that you're obsessive enough that you would say like, "Yep, I'm willing to camp in allegedly haunted woods," because you don't even have to believe in a haunting for that to be scary because it just amps you up, right? Right. Are you asking what I would be obsessed enough about to go do that? Yeah. What would you be? What would make you say yes to camping in allegedly haunted woods mm-hmm. for multiple days? next to nothing (laughs) (laughs) i mean we start with saying i'm not a big fan of horror movies but i've watched enough like i don't need to go camp in the woods that are allegedly haunted because if i don't believe in it or i'm like i'm not so sure i'm gonna be the first one to disappear yeah 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 i i'm have a really strong strong self-preservation streak yeah uh, which is part of why i don't always like horror movies it's just a that streaks it's so, I'm stubbornly a self-preservationist even if you have a whistle and know it's shaped like a pancake <laughs> you're, yeah i mean i'm sure there would be a, something that could make me do that but yeah uh, it's not less, an opportunity i'm gonna be like oh yeah i'd be that'd be really cool yeah i think uh i would go into the woods if you needed me to uh-huh to be a good partner it would not be my first choice so there's that yeah and then and this is why I think I was really interested in the conversation we just had. Uh-huh. 
I would never go if somebody just wanted to be like, we want to do a documentary and we're going to spook you out. And like, no, I, I don't want that. But if there was some creative project I really believed in, mm-hmm. my focus and obsession on the project, on the thing that I'm making, mm-hmm. would give me a layer of disengagement mm-hmm. because I could obsess on that. And I think that's one of the best parts of the movie that that is what's going on with, with Heather in that in that scene where she's yeah. like, I'm, I'm holding on to like, this isn't happening to me. I am documenting it. Yeah. So, you know, obviously uh, it it breaks through and it's happening to her. Um, but I think the times in my life when I've been able to get through scary things is because I am super focused on something else, something that's worth doing that I believe in that I want to do. So then it, it just it kind of gives you a power up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And let me be a big, good partner and say, if you were going and you needed <laughs> me to be there... I would be there if I had, you know, if my, you know, mother needed to be there and needed me to be there to help her. I mean, I'm okay, fine. I guess that's a little. I need you to come to the haunted pancake woods. So, yeah, we're not, neither of us want to do that. So it's not a big issue in our marriage. (laughs) So no big deal there. Um, What do you, uh, let me, let me rephrase that. Have you ever experienced a moment where you would be tempted to talk into a camera and film yourself the way the super famous scene the super famous image of heather when she picks up the camera and takes responsibility and apologizes to the families of josh and mike and and doesn't think that she's gonna make it out the really famous yeah scene Mm -hmm. have you ever or would you ever want to do something like that have you ever had a moment like that where you're like i should look into the camera and tell my truth um, I can't think of a moment that I have had that already, but I would not be opposed to that if that, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I partially asked cause I, I, I wanted to be sure to engage on that scene cause it's yeah. so famous. Yeah. And that's one of my main memories of this movie in 99 is I went on a bar crawl with, uh, my friends uh-huh. and you know, just, just like the truth of 99, we didn't all have phones with cameras on them it was documented with one camera that my friend had yeah and i was gonna just stop back at my place and then rejoin the group and i realized like no i i I need to be done with this bar crawl now yeah but i forgot that i had the video camera and i went to sleep and then i woke up in the middle of the night and was like oh that we were documenting the bar crawl with that camera i should i should turn it on and apologize and then immediately in my mind, I saw this movie. It was like, you. it would look like the Blair Witch if you did that. <laughs> if you turned it on, it's like, I'm sorry. I took camera from the bar crawl. I'd just like to apologize. <laughs> oh, but I wish you had because I would love to watch that. It would have been weird and amazing. All right. Wow. Here's a, a final question for the, the uh, main section of the podcast, yeah. and we'll move on. What do you think or want the true story of the witch to be? Ooh. Because there are horror movies where you just see it from the perspective of the people being terrorized. And there are horror movies where you know how the monster works and what it thinks and what it wants. Mm-hmm. But the the witches, you know, we just we just have the suggestions for the different townspeople, the different yeah. stories. If you've read, you know, different supplemental material over the years, you have opinions or, or ideas. But what do you want? I want there to be another... Um, I feel like there's, uh, I would want there to be another link between, you know, there's the 
the cave-like place where she's reading from the book. Yeah, I the want there to Coffin be Rock. Yeah, yeah, a link that connects that and everything that they've been filming to the Blair Witch. Okay, you know whether it's you know they've got the story of the person who maybe was maybe wasn't the Blair Witch, but I want there to be another step that ties all of these stories together uh, into the Blair Witch. So you would be willing to let go of because that's part of what. I think the intent is, is there's a bunch of different stories that touch on a bunch of, you know, uh, witch lore mm-hmm. in, in real life. Some that people don't even like because they feel like it's too close to like just actual Wicca religion. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that the idea is we, we can't pin it down, but you as a historian would like <laughs> just a few more points of data on, on the witch to kind of connect the logic of it all. I don't even need all of it to be connected. Okay. I just feel like I I feel like there's, for me, and maybe it's there and I just missed it, uh, very, very likely that that is the case. <laughs> but I feel like there's a point, um, it's more from the, t- the storytelling perspective that um, – like in terms of sharing the story, like, yeah, there's all these stories about the witch, but then there's the stories about these rocks and they both happen to be in the same area. And I don't need it to even be connected, but I want there to be something of like, Ooh, yeah. Was it the witch that caused those five people? Maybe that's the point. Maybe I'm figuring this out as we're talking through it, like the, who were killed a long time ago, or are they what, caused the witch or like i just I right feel like or did there's... she drive them mad because there's the say oh that the, there's a one story where like the witch convinced this person to do this awful thing you yeah know? yeah yeah i just feel like there's one yeah there's one more story element that i want and then in terms of like the witch itself whether whether she's got a physical form or is just actually like you know she is the woods she is the woods she has some sort of you know energy whatever yeah. that I, I <laughs> big witch energy yeah she is some sort of you know uh inhabited bear whatever <laughs> uh would you have liked a scene where they tried to put it together right they tried to be like okay uh, we got slimed there are these rocks what do the rocks mean what do the stick figures mean what did we do did we disturb something what like or do you like that they stayed totally like this is weird and we want out because they don't, there isn't really a scene where they try to rationalize it and put the pieces together. Yeah. Really. No, I mean, I kind of actually like it that they don't. Yeah, they just that try to turn the like, lights out. That's about it. Yeah, we want. This is how we think we're going to survive. Yeah, that's what we're focused on. It is probably more realistic, and that is what makes a difference. They're not trying to figure out the mystery; mm-hmm. they're trying to get to their car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's my pitch. Yeah. Tell me if you like this. Okay. I would be perfectly happy. If it was revealed that it was the witch who found all of the footage and edited it because it is edited (laughs) back and forth between different cameras to form a narrative. Mm -hmm. And there were lots of scenes where Heather, Mike and Josh were getting along, being really relatable and likable, but the witch edited them all out to make them look like assholes. I fully accept that version. We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. So uh, I don't think uh, either of us are super obsessed with this. So this will be fun. I tried to keep them in mind. Uh, how often 
do you want to think about the Blair Witch Project? Not very often. <laughs> is that because it is successfully creepy or? Yeah, honestly, I'd say this creepy factor of it has uh, gone up while we've been talking more about it during this podcast. <laughs> okay, so you, you want this to be over. <laughs> it's okay to say yes. I mean, I'm enjoying this, but I don't. I'll, I'll watch it again in another 20 years. I feel like that's a good cycle. Okay, well, we will watch this. We'll make a date and we'll see how incredibly dated it is. 20 years from now sounds good to me and then we'll listen back to this podcast and we will yeah. shake our heads and laugh would you go see the movie on the big screen again because um no okay sorry <laughs> i don't know why i'm apologizing to you uh <laughs> yes you? yes yes would uh, you want to i would be really curious because mm-hmm. i remember and this is totally an age thing um it was so discussed among my peer group is holy crap, this is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I don't know, it's probably like four years ago that I saw you know, a Twitter thread just going, this stupid movie, I hate this. And I was like, what? So now I understand that it is you know, very debated and there's the huge fans and people who are like, ha, oh, they just yell and fight the whole time. Who cares? Um, so I love seeing movies that I love on the big screen, but I also mm-hmm. just love to see movies that are very specific yeah. And I would love to watch the reaction of an audience. Like how many, because I think there are a couple moments that are supposed to be laughs, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, it would be, I want to watch a movie, watch this. Uh, I want to watch an audience, watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go to the big screen for that. Fantastic. Yay. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and I would not ask you to yeah. go. I would have been happy to go, but having just seen it, I feel like. I've got my date 20 years from now. Yeah, you're good for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Would you watch a remake of The Blair Witch Project uh, where they meet the actual witch and talk through their issues? Is it a musical? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Where the witch can explain to them in song. And tap dance. Hey, you knocked my Karen over. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Or I'm not a fan of the documentary genre. (laughs) Why did you not make a musical about me? (laughs) It should have been a musical. La, la, la. (laughs) All right. Uh, if you were excited to support a political candidate and then they said the Blair Witch Project is their favorite film, would you continue supporting that candidate? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Would you Would you find that weird? It, it seems like an odd thing for a politician to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, don't, I would not have, uh, that would not make me feel like, oh, they're a much better person than I thought they were before I heard the statement or, oh, they're a much worse person than I thought. Okay. Like, would you want to dig into the psychology of trying to understand why that is and why they would choose to say that to the public? Yeah, if it was somebody that I really liked, I'd be like, okay, curious. Okay. Why? Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like people don't usually be like, oh, this specific uh, horror film right. is, um, it, especially because people do have so many different opinions about it. Not that you shouldn't, like, politicians should not have say what they, anyway. Right. It just, I, <laughs> yes, I would want to know more. Okay, fair enough. Would you eat a Blair Witch cereal? Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I'm a no on this one too, even as a joke, because I feel like one of the successful things about the movie is the Karens, the stick figures, they mean something, and there's a mm-hmm. feeling that it the meaning is being on purpose or accidentally disrespected mm-hmm. by uh, the documentary filmmakers. So I feel like 
no, I would not disrespect stick figures by eating them in cereal form. Yeah, I don't I don't need the Blair Witch to suddenly <laughs> decide to move to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, no, stay out of <laughs> Griffith Park, Blair Witch. Would you cosplay as any of the main characters? <laughs> uh, possibly, if it were the, you know, the right thing that I was going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think possibly it would be really fun to turn up at a Halloween party just wearing flannel and having a video camera and mm-hmm. people be like, what are you? Mm-hmm. I'm Heather. <laughs> I'm Heather. I, I, could, I could do the headband. Mm-hmm. If the only way you could ever watch the movie again is by searching for a copy that was alleged to be hidden in a tree in the middle of the woods, would you do it? Well, I mean, I'm all up for a scavenger hunt going into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I was really not expecting a resounding yes to that. <laughs> but if it's a woods that I would have to camp in overnight, no. Okay, so no if it was camping. If it was day only and somebody said, hey, it's 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. You said you were going to watch it 20 years from now. It's hidden in this tree at this GPS location in Griffith Park. You'd be like, all right, sure, yeah. I mean, do I have a map? Do I get to see ahead of time if it's a pancake? You have a map. You have two whistles. <laughs> Is somebody going to come with me? Are you going to come with me? I'll come with you. Okay. We right. have some water with us in case yeah. it's a hot day. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay. I would come with you. I would not choose to do it myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing like a one, two hour hike. Yeah. One, not, two hour hike. Yeah. You know, I'm not picturing I mean, like pack in, yeah. camp overnight, pack out. This is daytime only. Yeah. I'm saying yes. It would be fun because... You could have the fear of we're going into the woods to find a scary movie about being in the woods. And then you could also have the real rational fear of there's a cougar in here. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. uh, All right. Moving on. (laughs) If aliens were visiting Earth and they asked to see a horror movie, would you show them Blair Witch? Mm, No. Why not? I wouldn't want them to get any ideas. <laughs> Do you feel like there are other horror movies that tell more or less or something different about the human condition that you would want aliens to understand? Um, Possibly. Yeah. I, I feel like there would be ones that would be a good contender. Okay. Um, Depending on, you know, what the alien psyche seems to be, if they need to be go more towards something that's fun or more something like, yes, this is the side of our humanity that we like to explore. Yeah. 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 I think I wouldn't just want the aliens to think that we yell that much. (laughs) (laughs) And that we're okay with disappearing. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes, aliens, we are not okay with disappearing. If you're about to watch the Blair Witch Project, but there was a small stick figure in front of our television, would you still watch it? That we hadn't put there? No. (laughs) (laughs) We had not put it there. We didn't know where it came from. Nope. Nope. Would you knit, because you're very good at it, knit or crochet a small stick figure? Gosh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is uh, perhaps, for the How Obsessed Are You questions, a (laughs) record number of no's from both you and I which I think is appropriate for our scary Halloween episode. What noise can you make to sum up your interest in uh, Blair Witch Project or your reaction to it? (laughs) Interest or reaction? Uh, Let's go with reaction. Okay. 
That was me closing my mouth because I'm not yelling when they're all yelling. <laughs> okay. You had me going there. There was some good, good <laughs> tension because like, she going to say something more? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think that's powerful. So uh, let, let's let's do it. Let's do the obsession. So uh, we like to rate the obsessions on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Mm-hmm. Where would you rate your obsession with this movie? You know, this might be surprising. I'm going to give myself a 1.75. 1.75. Maybe even a 2. Right. Because as much as the movie on rewatching it, I was like, hmm, don't like it as much as I did the first time. Yeah. I am still a little obsessed about the initial reaction and yeah. the impact that it had on so many things. So, like, the waves that it caused. Yeah. I'm more obsessed with those than rewatching the actual film itself. Yeah. But taking all of it in. Okay. I think I've talked myself up to it too. <laughs> Blowing it out of the right. park. Yeah. Um, I would, I would put myself at like a, mm, I'm going to go 7.5. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm very obsessive about a lot of things. Yeah. And I, yeah, rewatching it was really interesting, and I know there might be some people listening to this podcast who are who are all in on the Blair Witch Project and and love it. And I, I give all due respect. Yes, and sorry. And oh no, no, there's no reason to be sorry. I like to say that because <laughs> I want to be receptive to other people's opinions and talk about opinions as opinions instead of opinions as facts. So I just like to say that mm-hmm. I don't think that means that you or I should apologize for our opinions. But, Agreed. But uh, I think it's one of those weird things where like. I really like the shadow of this movie mm. and not and I'm not that interested in the movie itself. That's like a, I would I'm sorry. I, I, I was just going to compliment you and say that's a great way to put it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cuz like I, I do think there are a lot of like ideas and themes that we could dig into even more and like big fans of it might be like, "Well, well you didn't talk about X." Like mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of ideas in this movie and then there is its cultural impact mm-hmm. and then there's like uh how the actual structure of a movie it, it, the reality of a movie can be different than the memory of a movie which yeah. is true of everything but this one it really resonates with me so there's just like a lot of juicy things for me to be obsessed about uh, yeah. other than just watching the movie mm-hmm. and i think every like when i see iconography from the movie when i see like the stick figure or I see the famous shot of Heather filming herself like I still have that like ooh yeah. interesting you know nice. and I'll enjoy continuing to make jokes about people standing in the corner <laughs> so I have a question for you okay would you as a collector of action figures you asked me about knitting mm. would you want an action figure of I was going to ask about the in little stick figures or any of the characters in this film here's the action figure I would want yeah I would want an action figure that is labeled the Blair Witch. The pictures on the card would just be the woods with maybe some stick figures in the background. And then in the bubble where the action figure normally goes, there would just be an unexplained rock cairn. Lovely. Then, because you can't know what the witch is, so you can't have an action figure of it. Right? Yeah. Nice. That is what I would want. Thank you for tying in my obsessions <laughs> with the action figures. We're going to do uh, some quick plugs, and then we will wrap up with the final questions. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. That is Sarah without an H. Excellent. And Instagram? Uh, you can find me at Scrim Street. 
Excellent. Here's some quick plugs for this show, uh, and then we will do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right. We're going to clear out the horror with some <laughs> fun Halloween questions. Yay! What, in your opinion, is the best candy to hand out on Halloween? Ooh, to hand out. Yeah. Ooh. Um, mm, <laughs> <laughs> noises. That is one of the worst candies. Imagine to all out. those noises in a circle <laughs> in the woods. Mm, and then uh, you just get to eat mm, all the noises. Uh, so, uh, for a long time, my candy of choice was through Mystic Tears to hand out. Okay. Because it's one that not everybody does. Yeah. So you want something that's a little bit different. Yep. It's, um, so it's safer if you have nut allergies, right? Because there's no nuts in Three Musketeers. True. Yeah, I think that's that's solid. Okay. It's tr- yeah, it's one of those ones. It's not. Uh, it's not making a declarative statement. It's a. Yeah, like I'm a little torn about if there's others that make declarative statements that I would be more intrigued by now. But I, yeah, m- my long term. Candy has been, for handing out, has been through Musketeers, so I'll stick with that. Okay, good one. If you had the leisure time and money was no object and you could make yourself any Halloween costume you wanted, what might you make yourself? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question, and I'm going to think of (laughs) 10,000 answers after this. I would make myself... Okay, this is the first one that came, popped into mind. Excellent. It is a ridiculous one for me. Yeah. Um, a really good Pippi Longstocking costume. <laughs> the horror. The horror. Well, because here's the reason is I had a very makeshift Pippi Longstocking costume when I was like 10. Got it. And had like a little stuffed animal that was like a chimpanzee, not a monkey, but like a really elaborate Pippi Longstocking costume. <laughs> that. Wig that sticks out and everything. Oh, that yeah. is great. And the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Do you want to answer that or do you want to answer a different, a variation? Because you've answered it a bunch. I'll take a variation. What is happiness on Halloween? Oh, that's a great question. Being with people that you really like and doing something fun together. Okay. It just, that sense of community. Yeah. And just enjoying the the spirit of like ooh fun scary yeah and yeah I I'm, I'm all about fun scary <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a great answer and I hope that everybody listening if they're listening on actual Halloween gets to have a great time uh, with a bunch of friends being fun scary <laughs> thank you so much for doing this podcast with me my pleasure thank you for having me on that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Fun scary.